Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Today is Westminster Wednesday, so we're looking at the Westminster Confession. We've been working our way rather slowly, just kind of paragraph by paragraph through this incredible document that summarizes faithfully what it is that the Bible teaches about who God is, what we're to believe about him, what the Bible is, what it teaches. It's, it's just a faithful summary of what the Bible teaches us. We start today chapter 4 of the Westminster Confession, which is a chapter on creation. Let me pray for us. We're just going to consider the first paragraph today, Westminster Confession of Faith 4.1. So let me pray for us, and then I'll read this section of the confession, and we'll look at what it teaches. Father, we thank you again for your work of creation. We thank you that you have revealed yourself in and through creation, and more particularly in and through your word. We thank you for those who have gone before us and who have given us faithful summaries and expositions of your word that we might better understand it that we might stand on the shoulders of giants as we continue to grow in our faith and understanding of Christ, of the Spirit, of you, of the triune God, and of how we are to live in the light of who and how you are. Father, be with us by your Spirit now, we ask, and strengthen us in our faith. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. The Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 4, paragraph 1, says this, it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness in the beginning to create or make of nothing the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. Here we have a fairly straightforward statement of creation coming from God, that he is the one who created all things. But along the way, there are some incredible thoughts that are given. Right at the opening, it reminds us that creation was a Trinitarian act, that, that all three persons of the Godhead are involved in creation or were involved in creation. It wasn't as sometimes I think we we slip into thinking just God the Father who created, but indeed the Spirit was there as we read in Genesis 1, hovering over the face of the deep. And then in John chapter 1, in his prologue to his incredible gospel, of course, we're reminded of the work of Christ. When we read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And of course, we get down to John chapter 1, verse 14, and we read, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're reminded there that the word is Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, and he was actively involved in creation. So we, we remember right from the beginning that creation is a Trinitarian act. It, it's, it's God as he is revealed in Scripture in full involved in creation. And then the confession tells us why. For the manifestation of the glory of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness. 
again, we're, we're reminded that creation as a whole, as our catechism tells us, is for the glory of God. We, we come at this through the first question of the shorter catechism, particularly thinking about why man was created, what is our chief end, and course, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But indeed, this idea, this theological truth can be extended beyond just the creation of man to all of creation. As we read in Romans eleven thirty six, 36, from him and through him and to him are all things. To God be the glory. And we're reminded of this throughout scripture, that all of creation is for the glory of God. We're reminded in places like Psalm 19 and Romans 1 that God in his power is is made known in creation. That, That creation bears witness to him. That the heavens declare his handiwork. So so we see in this that in creation we do find a manifestation of his glory, of his power, his wisdom. His goodness. Now, of course, it's not enough on its own to lead us to Christ, but it is enough on its own, as Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 1, to leave us without excuse. And then he tells us about the work of creation. The the confession tells us about the work of creation. It was done for the manifestation of his glory, of his eternal power, wisdom, and goodness. And what is the work of creation? Well, in the beginning... He created, that that means before anything existed, there was God, and and then he created, and it specifies, or made of nothing. That that means that there wasn't something that God started with and simply organized into the world as we know it, but he created, uh, to use the fun, you know, uh, Latin theological words, ex nihilo, he created out of nothing. Whatever exists, exists exclusively by the will of God, by his creative act. He created from nothing the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible. Of course, he did this, and this gets addressed later. He did this through, as we talk about verbal fiat, He spoke, and it was. By the power of his word, he brought all things into existence. And not just those things that we can see and rightly understand as part of the created order, but even that which we can't see that is also part of the created order. We think here of of angels and spiritual beings that, that also exist for God's glory and in subordination to him as created realities rather than like him as infinite and uncreated realities. This is an important distinction to to remember as we begin to, to look at verses in the New Testament that remind us that in Christ... If we are found in Christ, we are safe and and nothing, not principality or power or authority. None of these spiritual forces of evil can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In part, this is because they, like us, are created by this one who protects and keeps us. He is the ultimate authority over all things. 
Then the confession goes on and reminds us that he did this in the space of six days. Now, there's an interesting historical theological point to be made here. The, 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 there was some debate over how long creation took in the Westminster Assembly when this was being written. There's long been multiple views of creation that have been held by Orthodox people within the church. It's not always just been a literal 24-hour view and only in recent history have people tried to merge science. and that, That's a false presentation of the history of the debate over creation. And, and so the Westminster Divines were very particular here when they used the phrase in the space of six days. They simply said and, and kind of fell to the position that we're just going to use the, the biblical language in the space of six days. They're, they're not defining here a day as 24 hours or necessarily defining it as something else. But they're trying to use biblical language, which has been interpreted in different ways. Primarily, as we look at the history of the church, there have been four views that have been held as plausible and, and, and still holding to the, the truth of Scripture. There, of course, is the, the literal 24-hour day view. There's what's called the day-age view, which simply posits that we, we don't know how long a, a day was at this point. It's not defined, and, and the Hebrew word yom here doesn't sufficiently limit the semantic range to specifically 24 hours. There is what is known as the framework view that reads Genesis 1 as, as a poetic presentation of creation, not denying the historicity of Adam as the first man. And then there is what is known as the, the analogical creation view that has been in, in recent years, though not invented or, or, or first proposed, but in recent years has been popularized by Dr. Collins. All of these in a position paper put out by the Presbyterian Church in America are considered acceptable views that don't require one to take an exception to the confession. Because what the confession is doing here in positing the space of six days is simply picking up the biblical language that presents creation in six days and recognizing that there are different ways to interpret that. Of course, what matters here is that we, we don't deny the historicity of creation we don't deny the, the reality that God did create by his word and out of nothing. We don't deny the historicity of Adam as the first man and, and therefore the covenant head of humanity and by whose action we all fell into sin. But it does leave space for understanding the, the days differently. And then the confession closes with this common refrain found throughout the, pre, the, the, pre, the biblical presentation of creation, that it was all very good. Repeatedly, as God goes through the days and as it's presented in Genesis 1, he sees it and it's good and he gets to the end and it's very good. There, there's not the, the problems that we see, this reminds us the problems that we see in our world are not problems that are fundamental to a, a, the, the creation being flawed from the beginning. Rather, it reminds us that no, 
before the fall and, and the noetic effects of sin and, and, and all of that, the creation by God's estimation was very good. And so it reminds us that the, the struggles we see in even the physical world are a result and flow from not a flaw in creation at a base level, but the effect of the fall and the effect of sin. So that Paul can tell us in Romans 8, all of creation groans with eager longing for the day of redemption. So there is the intro to the doctrine of creation. It reminds us that the God that we serve is sovereign over all things. And that he can be trusted. And that we can rest in him. Because nothing is outside his purview. Might we learn to do that as we look to Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.